Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 258 of the official podcast. Uh, many people say this is the longest-running uh, podcast show that should have ended after 10 episodes, but here we are. We're still going, and we're not listening to those kinds of criticisms anymore. We're going to keep going. We're shooting for the moon. Episode 500, here we come. Uh, with me, I have Andrew, Charlie, and Kaya, the usual uh, mm-hmm. other people of this podcast that you've seen 258 other times. Joined with us this week... We have special guests, Adam Kovic and Aaron Marquis. How's it going, boys? Hey. Going well. Really great. Yeah. We look tired, but we're not. Uh, It's just because we went to the Worst Fest yesterday, which is like Oktoberfest, but not. We met up with my grandma to drink beer is essentially what happened. That's a true story. That's actually true. Yeah. Did she drink you under the table? No. The thing is, she doesn't drink, so it's kind of, it's a weird power dynamic. She did make her grandson get a deep fried Oreo, but she ate like three in front of us. She says, I don't want any. And then she eats all three of them. She goes, I got to go. Like she left immediately after that. <laughs> She's a manipulative little woman is what she is. Did you pay for her tickets to get in just to eat those Oreos? No, but I paid for all the, we paid for all the other. Well, and then the way they do it too, is they go like, you can't just buy things. You have to buy drink tickets. But it's like Disney bucks where it's all over. The oh place. my god! Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh. "How many tickets you want?" I'm like, "I don't know, a hundred. Like that's a hundred dollars." Like, oh god. Yeah. And then Aaron runs <laughs> up and goes, "We need more tickets." <laughs> I got two big beer signs. And I go, "We need more." And then we ended up having a hundred extra tickets that you can't redeem. Yeah. So you're just stuck with worthless hundred dollar tickets. When you leave, can you convert them back into either like real life currency or Disney bucks? No, you find the guy, the old guy in the back of the line, who's nice enough to talk to a a lovely young woman and go, yeah, I'll give you 27 bucks. Yeah. I mean, we took a loss, but at least we got some of the money back. Yeah. Some. Good Lord. (laughs) Drink it too. What'd you say, Kai? Oh, I said you should just drank the rest of your tickets, too. Oh. Could have just eaten them. That would have been better. Could have served as good toilet paper this morning. But uh, <laughs> we got plenty of copies of our book for that. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's actually holding up the laptop we're using <laughs> to record right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a picture of that. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's a good you know, segue into what, what do you, what do you yeah, guys know? What do, what do you guys do to talk about Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, wait, I wasn't going to talk about that book just yet. I was going to ask them what they do so that the audience knows who they are. Like, wh- who are you guys? Wh- 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 who is Adam Kovic and who is Aaron Marquis? Give us a short little summary. Uh, I am, uh, well, we are, we are two parts of a company called Nolan Void. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a long storied history of making uh, internet videos, but not writing books. And we're trying to do both. Yeah. Uh, and now Aaron will go. Yeah, I had a huge fame with a former internet company with over thousands of videos and thousands of views. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's true. Never looked. I've never <laughs> watched any of it, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and I I met Adam. Uh, you know, I don't remember what street we were on in Australia when we met, but it was nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, crikey, I don't know. Drop Bear Street, Shoey Street. We both had the same Jackson. learning disorders and wanted to write a book together, and so that's how. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron and I met. We were, we were on a work trip, but I remember we were with our significant others, and he and I had a long-running joke about the boats we were on because they're all named like Cougar Two oh, and Cougar right. Three. And we had a r- r- long-running joke about how the cougar does not allow 
its lover to leave after 6 p.m. or something. We, and it's just both of our 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 um our lovely ladies were just had their heads down, like shut the fuck, just kiss each other already. Yeah, we were. It was a great romance. <laughs> yeah, we had a great romance. Yeah. So from there, we said, let's write a book, mm-hmm. and then we did. It only took three <laughs> years, but we're here. Yeah. Is it about it men three who years? fall in love with their boats? With their bots. Funny you mentioned that. Oh. It's not. <laughs> we took out a letter because we couldn't spell. It was originally a boat-based book. <laughs> but you forgot the A and the rest was history. Yeah. A happy accident then. Yeah. It turned out okay. There are no happy accidents. Only sad. sad. Only things you have to like figure out and work through. Like Bob, Bob Ross is full of shit. Yeah. You pitched it to the original editor and he was like, guys, it can't just be 400 pages of you guys making out on this robot. It, it's not going to sell. And then they were going to move the plot along, but they decided to kiss on the side of the road. Yeah. Also, our editor, she was, <laughs> she was such a ball buster and it was so great because like she doesn't know us. She doesn't know anything about us or didn't rather at the time. And so we give her this thing and she just she didn't hold anything back. She'd be like, you know, this makes you look really stupid or this <laughs> sentence is absolutely wrong. And also, she's a master chess player. So she gets this book called Rook. I mean, she teaches chess and has tournaments and does all this stuff. So she gets this book called Rook and she's like, oh, my God, something to sink my teeth into some finally something that deals with something I love. And then she opens it up. She's like, what is this woman has four breasts in this scene? What is this? Kids like chess, baby. Yeah, she didn't know the reigning chess champion for Bristol McCulva. Oh my god, you don't know the famous opening move of the, the four titted E4, yeah, or whatever. The Lactator's Gambit. She doesn't know anything, <laughs> so she was disappointed. Um, but she did a great job, so yeah. No, books are not written by two people, that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes an army. They're written by two people and an angry chess lady. That's the moral of the story. And a, a man named Squab in Pakistan who can help edit the book <laughs> in uh, for for EPUB format. <laughs> he he actually translated the book into English. Whatever ramblings you guys had. <laughs> He's like, you guys are bad at English. <laughs> Thank you, Squab. Thank you. He's such a, we, we paid him like $300 to typeset the book and I'm pretty sure he retired immediately after I made the payment because he wouldn't respond to anything else. After he's I the king the of his village now. Yeah. He has conquered uh, wherever he's from with all the American dollars we gave him. He was able to buy a, like a Scud missile launcher. It's like Rook is a, is a statue in the square of his town because it allowed him to retire and pay for the new school and all this stuff. Yeah. And they're like, what is the book about? It's like, oh, don't ask. Don't ask. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know. He just translated it phonetically. <laughs> he he did sneak his name into the metadata I saw, and I had to take it out because it was like this book is owned by Squab. Like, yeah. no, it's not. That's a good clever. plan. That is solid. That's probably why he's not responding to your emails anymore. He's probably yeah. well, he thought he's it was, he was set. You know, <laughs> yeah. we have to know meta, metadata. So yeah, exactly, yeah, I, he's going to sue you. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, whatever desert court, I don't know where he yeah. is, um, but he's rich, and oh, I'm, this book helps people, and that's what I like about it. <laughs> we actually just balanced our finances <laughs> yesterday, and we're like, we're about even. Yeah. <laughs> well, I helped. I picked it up uh, this week. I'm enjoying it. I read the first, so it's uh, broken up into um, 
logs rather than chapters, I guess. I read the first one and I have to say I've been grinning throughout, especially through the... Actually, first, uh, Jackson, I want to tell people what the book is about because you're but the that, one who's read we, it all. We've got the authors here. They should be the ones telling you. Jackson knows a lot about this book. I Jackson, seriously, I, I seriously do not want to do a disservice to this fine book. No, please. no, 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 Jackson, 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 Jackson hasn't Jackson, read it. Jackson, tell tell the authors what the book is about and have them correct you whenever you're wrong. Yeah. So yes. So I think the book is about a small Australian boy who meets his <laughs> internet hero and goes on a lifelong journey journey to uh, a place in the Middle East and then he fights a war and it's really cool and he gets his mind put into a robot and then that robot like kicks ass throughout the entire story takes names and and eats ass or whatever and then shoots mm-hmm. a whole lot of people and then it's like a corporate espionage thriller at the end where he's going up against the global 500 elite and it ends in a dramatic fashion. I'm not going to spoil it, but you should really stick around to the end. You'll be, and I didn't mention this, but it's a very funny book. You'll be laughing throughout the entire uh, novel. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I know you didn't read it. Yeah, that's a good lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely, it is a really funny book. Kaya himself, and I've never seen Kaya laugh at, a, at, at words. So that's 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 a first. That's not he was, true. He was laughing. Hey, laugh he was laughing throughout the entire book. <laughs> he's got the cover of Rook over like a Nancy Drew novel or something. Like, oh, he's reading Rook. <laughs> he's just reading Goosebumps the whole time. <laughs> it's a Mein Kampf, just cackling in the subway. <laughs> hey, I guess fair warning though. It is a. It uh, the, I guess the uh, compliment slash complaint got from a few people like, oh, it's a book. There's more than a hundred pages. We're like, yeah, no, we we it's four hundred and twenty-five or something. Don't like, scare the people. I know, and it is intimidating. But everyone, like, we've had a few people read it, and like, it's weird. It's like a backhanded compliment. Like, it reads fast. And we're like, like a goosebumps, and like almost. No, that is a compliment because there are some books where like every page you have to spend ten fucking minutes on thinking about it. Like, if you read Nietzsche, it makes you want to resurrect him just so you can like YouTube fight him and put him back in the grave. Like, some authors you just fucking hate. There's just such shitty writers. But then some books you just breeze through. And it's just such a pleasant experience. And this is definitely the case in your book. And at the very beginning, again, I've only been able to read one chapter so far. But I love the part about where you're basically... So the story is about this down in the dumps guy who I like to imagine as Ken Bone. That guy who mm-hmm. was like Reddit famous for a week. The red sweater. Uh, photo <laughs> yeah, Ken yeah, fucking I also Bone. His... The Bone Zone. Yeah, he, uh, for those, I, I put it in the chat also, if you can see, like, Ken Bone, for those who might not remember, this guy was, like, at a town hall or something, he asked a question, and he just looked like a nice teddy bear, and he kind of got famous for it, but then people dug up his Reddit history, and apparently he had, like, some off-color jokes or something. Anyway, point is, that's how I imagine him, just a sweaty, fat dude, um, and he's a simp, and I fucking love that whole segment where he's basically in VR, simping for this one streamer, and he thinks he's his, uh, her wife, and then he quickly gets taken out by the Twitch moderators, of course. He's the highest, he's the highest donator, so he becomes husband. Yeah. Um, and until Hyman Pounder outbid him and became the new husband. Hyman Pounder. <laughs> yeah, Hyman Pounder. Get the pronunciation. Suck <laughs> <Not> my bad. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, um, I mean, obviously, yeah, that was the first chapter we started with. And we had this whole idea of like, oh, he's got it. When I, I think I originally like laid out the book for Aaron, I was like, this guy's like an ex-military dude. And he's he hurts his leg and he has to now he has to like work remotely. And Aaron's like, 
what if he's got like a he's like a simp <laughs> i was like that's funnier yeah aaron always pulled me back and goes like hey you're not a good writer you're a funny writer so maybe work on that and so then yeah i ended up being like this big allegory for twitch of like if i give you the most money you can be my my waifu or whatever but like it, it's funny to laugh at but that might happen well and it's I mean, so in the beginning of the, this book, I mean, it's basically you see this down the dumps character who is constantly getting shit on in this first log, basically. So everything is going wrong, including losing his his wife, losing his job, losing all this stuff like that. And it was just funnier to draw on this. I don't know. I, I, at the time, I was seeing this uh, woman who she made her living from simps, basically. And I didn't know Ooh. what it was at first yeah this is this is aaron's old like I, I was getting discord set up for him before this and he was like oh i already have an account and he's telling me the story of how he has to show his only fans neighbor like how to i don't know like look at the people ogling over her loose yeah soda. there's this whole there's like a 400 person discord about this woman that she didn't even know existed but they're so obsessed with somehow seeing her nude which is the crate in it's insane and she didn't know this thing existed. <laughs> and I was like, I found this because she has a, a you know, like a tasteful uh, OnlyFans or something. But there's these 400 guys who are like, we have to find <laughs> out where the nudes are. And so they started this whole community and they have a leader and moderators in this thing. And like, a... did she not question why you were in that community? Like why you weren't like the figurehead of this community? <laughs> I said, let me, let me check uh, this thing out and make sure it's, you know. You got it, Nigel. Yeah, let me, let me have and, the actual yeah. nudes. So if they find <laughs> yeah. them, I can compare. Yeah, I'll keep them safe. <laughs> so I can ban people in case they post them, you know. I had a cross-reference, but I had a show. I was like, you need to see this thing exists. And, you know, because there becomes a real thing of like, oh, is, is her stuff going to be illegally taken or like a spread around or stuff like that? And she was like, yeah, I want to, you know, she has a lawyer and whatever. But I showed her this thing and she was kind of taken aback and impressed that there was a whole community that was based around like trying to figure out if, you know, she had ever done whatever. as for nips. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, I assume this is their only job. You know, they don't, this is how they make money. I don't know how they make money. Uh, some, maybe they have sponsors in this Discord, but. <laughs> Razor Gaming nice, isn't like... promoting. Yeah. B2A, get some nips from, I'm not going to say her name. But anyway, so simping, you know, I mean, it's a, I didn't even know what it was in the beginning. I didn't know there was a term for it, but it's awesome that if you can do that, if you can, if you can tell a guy like you are absolutely worthless. And he's like, take $50. <laughs> that is, that is so much power. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah I can't even blame them for doing it. <laughs> it's well, the weirdest you... ones are the pay pig ones. I right? was just Where... about to bring up pay pigs. I love pay piggies. I, I still, I, I still don't know if they're real. Like, Oh, do they you are. not know them? Aaron? What is, what, what is it? Yeah, open my world, please. Well, it's it's a specific type of simp where the whole point is... What is it called? Uh, Findom? Findom? Financial dominance? Yeah. 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 Oh, ball stepping. No, 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 no. This, this, is, is, this is more Findom. pathetic. Yeah, it's it, yeah. more painful, too. Oh. Findom, F-I-N-D-O-M. So what it basically is, it's these guys saying, oh, I just got my paycheck, uh lady mommy leader dear leader so i'm gonna send you all 700 dollars of my paycheck i'm not gonna eat any meat today i might get kicked out of my apartments i'm sending you all my money and she's basically like yeah good you pathetic little worm send me more take out a loan 
right? I mean, that's like the the ultimate goal of of fandom simping or whatever. It's it's to become. So it needs to be a hardship for the guy or the woman or whoever it is that's giving the money. Mm-hmm. Like it, it needs to be all of their money, and they need yeah. to get nothing from it. It's that's the ultimate. Well, that's that's fandom. Yeah, that's fandom. But I do think there's like a large set of of people who just genuinely do want to see that woman's nudes like that's all they care about it's they there's probably like if they had the choice of either looking up her nudes on like reddit or sending her money they'd likely just go to reddit and get it for free i still think that exists um yeah but that that will always exist um it's there are a lot of people just used to getting free content and so when you pay now they go i don't want to buy your book (laughs) 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 <laughs> so i know that i know that world all too well jackson thank you i'm just i'm kidding actually uh, i i do want to say actually one i do want to do a quick thing before i forget uh we are going to be able to give our first check to charity uh that is not someone on uh, only fans yeah that is an actual, we're giving money to shadowproof so we're giving 10 percent of this book away for all time and we actually it's not a huge number but it's like hey we get to write a 500 hundred dollar check in 60 days whenever amazon sends us the money but um, five hundred and forty-three dollars. Five hundred forty-three dollars and forty-four cents is exactly ten percent of what we made. But um, full transparency. That's what we, you know. Yeah, I mean, like we didn't write the book to get rich or anything, but um, it was that that was something that was really. I, I haven't actually looked at any of the numbers really like that closely until I got here, started hanging out there and in Austin. But um, yeah, I'm I'm before I forget because my brain. We're gonna talk. I know, about we're gonna talk about simping. And yeah, else. it's like, oh yeah, this addiction nonprofit. Yeah, uh, that we're, <laughs> I have this checklist here. If I get to it, yeah. I will lose sleep. So anyway, now we talked about that. We don't have to talk about it ever again. I just want to see Shatterproof going like, how do we block these guys from ever mentioning <laughs> us ever again? This absolves us. <laughs> we are free. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> No, it's an awesome thing. You oh, that's really yeah. nice of you. While you guys yeah. organize what you have to talk about, we could talk about honey. Go for okay, it, Okay, tell me about honey, honey. Sure. Well, I mean, today's episode is sponsored by honey. We all shop online. Hmm. We've all seen the promo code field just sitting there, blank, empty, expressionless, looking you dead in the eyes and saying, yeah, type something in me. Do it. Put something in there. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's that? You're not a global repository for internet coupons? Uh, you don't you don't have a code. No one's given you a discount code that you memorized. Well, fuck you then. Well, hey, in that case, just use Honey. It's a free browser extension that scours the Internet for promo codes and applies the best one right to your cart. They support over 30,000 stores online from tech to gaming to fashion to food delivery. All you have to do is shop online like you normally would, and the little drop-down for Honey will have a button that says Apply Coupons, wait a bit, and that's all it takes. The official boys all use Honey. I have been buying little tech bits here and there to replace stuff I've used, like flash drives and adapters and shit. I've saved a good chunk of money on it, because I don't do anything. I just put it in my cart and then go, oh, hey, the little Bluetooth dongle? Uh, Ten bucks off. All right. Works for me. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It is literally free and installs in a few seconds. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash official. That's joinhoney.com slash official. There might even one day be a coupon code for Rook 
in Honey's database. Who knows? Only legitimate products like flash drives and uh, vibrating things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No books. Got it. Just kidding. Honey, <laughs> Honey supports books. I don't know if I can say that. Probably. Give it, it probably does. 30,000 stores online. Honey. Join honey.com slash official. Thank you, honey. I'm talking to Aaron. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> they're back to the boat book. Bo- boat book will never be finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an on- it's an ongoing story. Just they keep know. blowing their load before they write a page. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I myself am actually an acclaimed writer. Uh, you're probably familiar with my work. Have you ever heard of the Moon Ninja series, Adam or Aaron? I have. I've been reading it since you started it in the fifth grade. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> now, is there any chance that you were perhaps inspired by the Moon Ninja arcs for your book? Yeah, I mean, we knew exactly what we would not want to do in a, in mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. We basically modeled exactly the opposite. Yeah, we said the every other page started with the Moon Ninjas then did this, but we had to delete it because we, <laughs> we knew you would stew us into a bit. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my signature uh, writing styles. What about Nutty Noodle Man? Is there any Nutty Noodle Man inspiration in the pages, perhaps? Well, his his father, I guess, <laughs> loosely based on Nutty Noodle Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky Pasta. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Yeah, because in this future, all all countries kind of blend together. So, Nutty Noodle Men, did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, Nutty Noodle Men would, would be, I guess, probably from like uh, whatever is left of Rhode Island. So, yeah, that's probably where his dad would be from. That's uh, it's good to see that my writing was able to inspire a whole new generation of literature enthusiasts. That's wonderful. Definitely, the parental neglect was a huge inspiration from your uh, early writings. That. You may or may not remember, or may have copywritten. I'm not sure. You do have to do that, by the way. Uh, you have to pay the government money to say, "Don't steal my book, or else it's ours." <laughs> Squab is just. <laughs> We're going to build a new high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the fucker! So, how come a book? Like, was did you guys specifically? Yeah, what's write wrong a book with you? Did you like toss it? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. yeah there could have been anything else. But, because you're too. You're two video guys, and to be fair, like, you know, people who are fans of YouTube generally have the attention span of, like, 30 seconds or so. Like, there's but no smash second, cuts in Aaron. this book. There's nothing. It's very difficult for... Kaya, you were saying that in the same call as the man who wrote Nutty Noodle Man. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, disrespectful. Jesus Christ. Good lord. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> up. Um, no, I mean, I don't... I, I had this idea um, a long time. I, I've always wanted to write something, and I knew writing a book is just... It's the, you know, the great American dream, which is, it's a dream because it will never make you money. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it, it was, I don't know, like the, I had this real basic idea where I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. It seems like it could be like a Neil Blomkamp movie or something. But, um, you know, Aaron said it really well, where he's like, it's when you do a book, it's complete. You don't have to wait for someone else to produce it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, it's like, it's there, everything's there, it's done. And it will it'll live on past us. It'll just be there. And you can just say, Hey, I finished a book. So it, it isn't really like a career pivot or anything like this is what I do now. Mm. Uh, I hope I can continue writing and doing stuff like that. But um, I think it was just a cool story. And it was really fun to collaborate with Aaron and make something that makes us laugh. So. Well, also like at least on your side, you were always making videos where the timelines were really tight, like, and they had to be, I mean, you just had to get them out a lot of times and they're great. And then, 
but it's also, you know, it's like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And you yeah. can't, you know, necessarily sit with something and tell a story and, you know, do all this stuff. And, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of a nice, a different, you know, it's you allowed us to breathe, I guess. Yeah. And also it's a lot of subconscious therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, this book's just a therapy book. <laughs> yeah. If you, I mean, you look into it, it's like we... We never get into anything too specific, but, um, you know, people close to me have read it and they're like, oh my God, like, I, I have an idea of what you were going through when you wrote this. I mean, Aaron's full on just told me, he's like, well, I was dating this woman at this time. I was dating this. Woman. Well, my grandma yesterday, my grandma's been reading it and, uh, she goes, I see you mentioned your grandpa in the third chapter. I was like, you don't, you can't, <laughs> no suing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, uh, yeah. Oh, I was just, there is, there's, there's, I don't know. There's some themes in there that I think we accidentally stumbled upon just because Aaron and I, through talking, found out we have kind of similar childhoods of, I don't know, there's there's this like parental need and want and um, having kind of like an estranged brother, but not really. But like playing, none of this is one to one, but it's like, hey, these are some kind of heavy themes I do want to explore that I've talked in therapy and I've, I've worked on. But like, there's great daddy issues. There's great mommy issues. There's any issues. If you have an issue, you will find your issue in this book. So that's a, you know, a personal appeal to anyone reading it. It's like a fine Waldo of issues. I like that. It's a, it's a bingo card that comes with a book. That yeah. you just... um, and then I, uh, the other part too, I mean, obviously I, I tried writing it myself and I knew Aaron was a, a great writer. <laughs> you tried to steal the idea from Aaron? Like you just took it and started writing it on your own first? Yeah. Well, I got, he gave me $200 <laughs> and I said, I'll, I'll write you a book, man. I know a guy named Squaw. <laughs> yeah. Half of it. You, between you and Squaw. No, I, I had tried writing it on my own and then um, I, I was in town one time and I, I called up Aaron just like over a couple of beers, a lot of beers, a lot of beers and deviled eggs. Yeah. I, I kind of pitched him the idea and like, thank God he, he stuck with it and was like, yeah, this sounds exciting. Let's, let's work on this thing. Um, I did, I just want to bring this one part up too. Um, Aaron had started a, a charity a few years ago. I remember it was called, I don't know if you want to tell this story. But, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh well, um, I'll, I'll say it from my perspective. But Aaron had tried to um, to do a charity, which I thought was a really awesome, ambitious thing to do, and got hacked three. Oh, it was a, <laughs> it was a massive failure. Yeah. yeah, like within the first day, the whole website got brought down, and I just—it was such a bummer to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, it was that a slight bummer. Hacked. Password zero 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 is not the password you can use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. What was the web service I was using? I WordPress. Yeah. WordPress, I guess, is not current. Um, not so. for 2019 or whenever yeah. you try it. But either way, nope. from the very beginning, um, I we, we were both on the same page of let's, whatever this book does, let's let's have a charity aspect. Yeah, let's do some it. good with, I mean, because it's, it's, one, we're getting to write something that we want to write. And two, if it can do something for someone else, why not? And, and you know. Yeah. And I, just, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want to give up on that because I, I was inspired that Aaron was trying to do something good. And I, like, I working in the YouTube world, I've always, like, I've only taken. <laughs> I've never really given anything. <laughs> I just, I felt like I, I, I didn't really feel like I was able to do anything with that much substance. Kind of like what you're talking about. Like, you're on this treadmill and you're just making stuff over and over. It's like, well, at least this book there, there's only a few corporate sponsors in it that I need to appease. 
Can't wait for the people who are going to sue us for this book. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, <laughs> yeah. uh, Steve Jobs is in there somewhere. Olive Garden is going to sue us. But then all this metaverse stuff started happening with oh. Zuckerberg, and we're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't include Zuck. Yeah. He's going to be in the next one. Yeah, the next one. Yeah. Um, it was it was almost like Zuckerberg read like an early copy of the book and, and took the ideas on board and, and decided that's where his company should pivot from now on. The book was called Snow Crash and it has a woman with a, vingi- a vagina and Tata who I think it, I think there's an underage sex scene in that book. I forget. It's got some con- cons- uh, controversy behind it. But anyway, if, if you want to see what the metaverse is going to look like, read Rook and the chaos of not knowing what's reality and what's fake. And then also having like a Chuck Norris esque sidekick that guides you through it. You'll know the what we're in for. And it's awful. It's going to be so <laughs> shitty. Did you grow up in the nineties and understand half our references? Good luck. I guess I, yeah, I should be more specific. No, the, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it, is, it is a very, very dystopian aspect. So and it's where like the character gets fucking, not sued, but fired from his company for accidentally inhaling gas and shitting himself, and then he gets all these fucking advertising. It, it is, yeah. I unfortunately, I do think that's very realistic. And at some point, his ad block fails because he couldn't renew his subscription payments. <laughs> Fuck. Well, when he's trying to get his uh, brain surgery, you know, and he can't get oh, yeah, the yeah. ads, it's a problem. The doctor's <laughs> like, "Well, we're tr- you know trying to help you, but he get- keeps getting ads for cruise lines and everything else." And- affecting his ability for his brain to be saved <laughs> yeah it, i think it's where we're headed but yeah i don't know it's it's how we kind of started this whole thing we're like the feature is going to be awesome but it's going to suck yeah but it's going to be awesome but there's just going to be parts that are real. it's you know what we always say that you know what's the extreme version of today i i really don't know i just i I feel like it's going to be a gigantic virtual prison, but at the same time, it's like Facebook products, right? Metaverse. So it's going to be, I don't know, like boomer runescape almost. Can you imagine your grandma just in the metaverse? What are they going to do? Well, they're going to have some avatar. She's going to have some avatar. If it's my grandma who we were with yesterday, she's going to have an avatar with a huge beer stein and constantly (laughs) be shoving like, you know, pro uh, crazy conspiracy things down in the throat, but you can't escape it because she's able to buy the better avatar and we have the cheap version so she can just crush us whenever she wants. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's like, if you have the most money, you know, you're a boomer in the metaverse, you get the big armor and all this stuff and you can just destroy all of these, all the libs and whoever else you want to take out. (laughs) Well, now I'm excited, actually. Speaking of the metaverse, I, I, have any of you watched the announcement with Zuckerberg? I still don't know to this everything. day why the company, why do they trot out that lizard? Like nobody likes Zuckerberg, nobody across the political spectrum. Like the left doesn't like him because they fucking sen- don't censor the website enough. The right doesn't like him because they think he's a shape-shifting lizard, which fair enough just by looking at him. So it has to be just his ego, right? He has to, like the board of directors must be so pissed off at him. Like I'm gonna do the announcement, guys. Well, did you see wow. his avatar? His avatar <laughs> was so fucking punchable. Yeah. I just wanted to kick his avatar's <laughs> ass. <laughs> just buy hair. He's punchable. Musk did it. Like yeah. his hair is just trying to escape his body because yeah, it, it's you can see the the robo skeleton trying to get out every time he talks. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just like here's my <laughs> fuck doll that I'm gonna fuck in the future. It looks like me. <laughs> yeah. His wife's off to the side crying. <laughs> just like, uh, I, I think uh, stock options has a lot to do with it. I think he is uh, the major, majority stakeholder right now. 
Well, he's like he wants to be Steve Jobs, but mm-hmm. he has more of a, a, I don't know, rapey vibe. Then he has <laughs> no charisma. He has no charisma. He's just as wooden as can be. He's uh, he's definitely you can tell he's taking those classes of like how to talk to humans, and he's like <laughs> he, takes, he takes very detailed notes, and that's like you see his uh, when you see him at like the press conferences and stuff, when he's like smile, drink water, don't look weird. And it's like you look weird because you're trying not to look weird. I, I just love that his his yeah. coach for that has to tell him like this is what you say to Congress, and this is how you say it to Congress, and he's like yes, yes, noted. Downloaded to brain and saved. Like, don't talk like that. <laughs> Smile strangely. <laughs> yeah, I still love the the gif of him smiling artificially in the uh, in the court hearing, where it just like it looks like someone photoshopped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, what about his wife though? Is she human? Like, how, how does he end up wife. with a woman? I yeah. don't know. Does she exist? She's the uh, that that famous singer, right? Hits on a Miku or whatever. Hatsune Miku. She looks human. It's a yeah, Vocaloid or whatever that he invented. Aww. And yeah, he only exists in the metaverse. He he seems genuinely in love with her in this one photo I found. He's like smiling at her like a little child at his uh, prom date or, uh, date or something. Hang on, the photo is uploading. What kind of socks do you think Mark Zuckerberg wears during sex? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What kind of sheet does he do? Yeah. I could tell do you, you what kind like of screen on. I could tell you what kind of uh, personal shaving razor that he uses. Oh, yeah! I'd be willing to bet good money that Mark Zuckerberg would use Manscaped because it is the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Time to give yourself or someone who needs it, or even someone who doesn't need it, give anybody the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Manscaped now has the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. You're also going to be able to find the signature Lawn Mower 4.0, an electric trimmer that has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. This, this branding is absolutely incredible. Anyhow, if you want to get 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped, well, you can use code OFFICIAL, at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code official you can clean up your nuts and make santa proud this year because santa in this reality is apparently your lover which is just how christmas should be celebrated but you can check out their performance package 4.0 you can check out their new two-in-one conditioner shampoo and you can get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using code official. There you go, Aaron. There's a gift idea for your grandmother. I'm waiting for the one. She needs the one that sprays out the dye when she's shaving. So it's like you you (laughs) shave shave the pubes and then it sprays out the little, you know, so it it takes away the silver. No, I don't know. Is that something I just made up now? (laughs) Well, anyway, that's what the new Manscaped needs to be. Right. It needs to shoot out the hair dye. The pubes. Scraper. While it's it's (laughs) cleaning. Yeah, it does read like a Dr. Seuss book sometimes. And he's like, cut the, oh yeah, I don't know. There's good rhyming in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Now we're trying to think of Dr. Seuss rhymes and failing. Yeah, uh, cut and <laughs> but <laughs> he was great. Yeah. He was great. Did you guys ever have any fights? Did it get petty during the writing of this book? Like you never write on Thursdays. It's always me. I wrote two thousand words yesterday. No, Aaron's more of the dom, so I would Aww. just take it. Yeah. You, you said you make me sound so mean, and I think I might be <laughs> because of the, you described the text, and I'd be like, it wasn't like that. And then I look back at the text, and I'm like, that was an a- I was being an asshole. Aaron is um, abusive. He, uh, no, he, he. But thank you. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's supportive yet passive aggressive. <laughs> well, I like playing mind games to bring out your best. <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah, this is good for like a, four, a fourth grader. I was uh, like, I think yeah, if this is the best you can write, I think we should go with it. Mm-hmm. If this is the best you think you if, can write. If you like typos <laughs> and failure. <laughs> so, yeah. He, uh, he got to the core of my like parental neglect of like I'm gonna be the father you wish you didn't have. Yeah, once I figured out the dad issue stuff, I'm use that to make a great book. Out. <laughs> I want to make you proud. <laughs> yeah, over the phone. Yeah, um, no, I mean honestly, it was it was a overall. Like, I mean, obviously there's some like ups and downs here and there, but like never it never got to the point where I think any of us was like fuck you. Like we never got angry. It was just. I don't know. We're you, realistically down on ourselves. If you see like, so, you know, at the end of each log, there's like that QR code you can scan and see the yeah. podcast for the log. If you watch those logs, you see exactly what our dynamic is during writing. It's the, there's no room for us being like uh, mad or pissed off at each other. Cause it's just, there's filled with so much rambling about the future and nineties movies and like how the phantom is really like an, like a gay superhero movie the and film. all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. The film, if you guys don't know, Billy Zane made a failed superhero trilogy. They only made one. Mm-hmm. It's called the Phantom. It's a man in his purple underwear, but the entire thing is an allegory for him living. I can hear you looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the entire thing is an allegory about a man trapped in the 1920s, thirties of like, he is a gay man living on an Island um, and he feels trapped, but he's very happy on the island where he can put on his makeup and he can dress up and, and he protect his, his jewelry. He protects his jewelry, and then like women want him, but he like throughout the movie he's like, no, yeah. no, Catherine Zeta Jones, <laughs> I don't think so. I want to be a superhero, and like Aaron kind of opened my eyes that of like, no, this is a guy who's struggling with his identity. I was like, this movie's great. It was yeah. just came out way too early. And are you sure? He's... Are you sure that it's actually got those allegories? Or are you like projecting? Are you putting yourself in that I position? I mean, once watch the movie and you tell me. There's literally a scene. I'm afraid where of what I'll awaken. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Zane comes. Billy Zane comes into a room in his purple costume to rescue this woman, and she goes, "What are you doing here?" And he goes, "This is a rescue." And he says it just like that, and that is what how a gay superhero would say it when he's not being appreciated. <laughs> yeah. And the whole movie is is like that. So what I'm getting at is there's no room for. For strife between the two of us when we have gems like that to discuss for hours and hours. You might be on to something too, because the tagline for this movie is slam evil. Ooh, That's what I didn't even notice evil, that. Evil is a butt. Yeah. In this movie. He's like, Specifically a he's man's like, butt. I'm the top yeah. and you're my power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, there's oh, there's one scene. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's a great action scene where it's just his thighs. Oh. There's there's yeah. a there's a great scene where a bad guys like well, two bad guys two bad guys are like on a submarine like looking for him the phantom and he goes hiya and 
I don't know what he's holding on to, but you just see his thighs go around their neck. They, they come, it comes in at a perpendicular angle to the floor and goes between both of their necks and squeezes the life out of them. But it's like he's pole dancing, yeah. right? Like he's doing gymnastics <laughs> and just kills these two dudes. All to protect his 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 silver, gold, and jade skulls. Right. That are very they're very pretty. Yeah. And they shoot laser beams. This was all cut from the podcast thing we recorded. Yeah. Anyway, now so. you can cut it from yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps no. on giving. Or we the episode after it. Yeah. yeah. Did you know there was a reboot in 2010? I'm watching the trailer right now. This is the TV show. No. Oh, it's not good. No, I haven't seen it, but uh, I did look it up. I, I gay, do you know if there's gay yeah. themes in it? Doubtful. They probably got rid of all the things that made the original Phantom great. Yeah, they. But I feel the like commentary. I feel like now gays in well, way more in than it was in the like eighties yeah, and nineties. Yeah, over the top. It's it, the funny part is that it's like an allegory, I guess, or subtle. Yeah, they blew well, their load on that first movie. <laughs> Much like Billy Zane did with all. Yeah, the, no, they can't do. <laughs> there's just there's a great scene at the end because his like childhood friend who they, they should be his love interest they kind of kiss and he goes he kind of looks at her like nah that felt not good yeah, like, <laughs> this is a natural and he's like get off my horse get on your plane with a hot Catherine Zeta Jones like late 90s well that's the yeah. thing Catherine Zeta Jones can't figure out why he doesn't like her and she mm. keeps talking about that throughout the movie <laughs> I swear I swear to God if you watch she's like I don't understand why he doesn't like me yeah. and all of us were like we know why right right <laughs> and his mind goes cause you're a bad guy yeah but it's like no <laughs> you, you are evil fiend yeah it's like no nah, cause you don't have a seven inch cock yeah <laughs> is the phantom one of the like longest running superheroes because i swear to god i've heard him before and i think it might he be my is. grandfather he started was, like, in 1936 and is credited as the first costume superhero there wow. you go wow mm-hmm. first gay closeted yeah. yeah man i remember going through my grandfather's stuff and coming across a whole lot of like phantom comic books from from back then i wonder if they're oh. worth anything wrestling magazine what kind I wonder of parts he was <laughs> i couldn't actually open the, the comic books sticky. they were all stuck yeah they were stuck together so baby oil it, in this attic. it seems pretty <laughs> self-explanatory though that he was an old school superhero because to me it seems his superpower is owning a gun yeah, that's what I've noticed yeah. as well. All he has is like <laughs> thick thighs and a gun. That's yeah, all he does. I, if I re- if I recall, there are no superpowers. It's it's just that he can <laughs> no. live forever. Except it's his dad was the superhero before him, and then his grandfather before that. But there's never a mother involved. Yeah, there's no. Hmm. They just spontaneously generate. <laughs> yeah, they produce the via budding. Life finds a way <laughs> yeah. in the Phantom. Oh man! Uh, but there is superpowers when he combines these these jewelry skulls that he has. Right. We don't have to oh, talk. Fabulous. Yeah, we don't have to go on to it, but I, you know. So, like, there's there's a great part. So, Aaron Aaron flew out to L.A. We recorded a you know if you if you read the book, uh, there's these QR codes at the end, and it's like it was this last minute idea we had where we're like, okay, we can do like director's commentary for the, like I guess they're sort of like explain ourselves no position really yeah just <laughs> it's just a long they're each like half an hour apology videos and audio logs, but um. There, uh, we got an Airbnb down in Long Beach and there's just flies and fleas everywhere and Aaron's getting eaten alive throughout the whole video series. and like I'm sort of unapologetic I'm like I'm sorry this is just the way it is and Aaron's just like scratching himself and like I feel bad but rather than me being like I'm so sorry and him being angry I ended up just getting another Airbnb somewhere else and like that's our dynamic where hey this sucks let's power through it it'll be better in the end and as long Aww. as we can talk about the Phantom and then 
go to a, you know, I had scabs for weeks. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, do your wives ever get jealous? Like, you never want to do anything <laughs> with me. It's always Adam. You mean all of Aaron's wives? Yeah. Uh, well, no, they do get jealous, and that's why my relationships end. So, yeah. yes, you're correct. Uh, it's tough when you have, like, a book takes two and a half years, and the whole time you're saying, like, hey, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. I swear to God I'm doing something with my life. I swear. Yeah. And, then, and then eventually just no one believes you. I, I've, I've had nothing. I like to be serious. That nothing but love and support um, from family and loved ones. Like, um, yeah, it, they understand that it's like, hey, this is important. And you guys aren't just jerking each other off like I think you are. <laughs> like I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> I've, heard you, I've listened in on your phone calls and you just talk about the Phantom and how important it is to they you. They came over for a writing <laughs> session and they watched this fucking Phantom movie three times in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, my grandma yesterday is like, oh, Aaron's coming to the, the Oktoberfest with his friend. <laughs> his special friend. Yeah. Jeez, they look at you yeah. guys like you look at the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't know they're gay superheroes. We're holding yeah. hands so our beers don't get cold. Yeah. Jeez, grandma. And we're eating sausage on a stick and stuff. Like he's eating three sausages on a stick, but it's it takes him a while because he licks them. He has to kill Vasa and it's Adam, you have to chew it. Come on. <laughs> I go, what? Do you put the sausage in between like your mouth and then you meet in the here. middle. Yeah. Aaron, like hold my head down on it. That lets me get it faster. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got some mustard stains on your zipper. Yeah. There's grease all around your mouth. Oh, <laughs> God. When you get home, we're watching the Phantom to make you think about what you've done, young man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> get my purple costume. <laughs> What do you mean get? It's it's underneath my normal clothes. It's always on. Man, I hope more people look up that movie because of this. That'd be great. The book sales oh, they, there's a there's like a, a small spike, but then the Phantom all of a sudden get is streamed a lot. <laughs> yeah. I do like how you came on here to like talk about your book and it's led into like more of an advertisement for some gay nineteen eighty two movie. <laughs> It's to prep everyone for what they're going to find in the book. What's in the book that's like themed around uh, that? Like, give me an example. Well, he kind of becomes a a superhero of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, help me, Adam. No, no, it has nothing. This, honestly, the Phantom talk came about while we were recording the logs where Aaron is in town for five days. And it was like, what movie from the 90s do you want to watch tonight, Adam? And it was like... Air Force One scanners, uh, one of the death proofs. No, death, death wish. Death wish. Yeah. No, we didn't. No, we've been watching Death Wish while we're here. Sorry. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Death Wish? (laughs) No. Is it not? Charles Bronson movie that started in the seventies, like good intention of like old man, you know, spaghetti western. I am familiar with this. Isn't that where he like sits on a park bench with a gun and like looks at people to decide who to shoot or some shit? Close. Yeah. This is, it's, it's like a movie. So I think the first one's 71 or 72 and it's in the vein of like dirty Harry where it's like, you know, these, these streets are just no good anymore. And there needs to be just one mustached white man to take care (laughs) of this stuff, you know? And so his wife and kid are killed. And so he decides to become a vigilante. It's a great first movie. It's like a real psychological thing. But then producers were like, you know what people love to see? It must be him just killing people. So by the second (laughs) and third movie, he's killing people with rocket launchers and browning machine guns. And like, 
shooting gang members in the back. Like elephant guns. Is it just, yeah. is it just indiscriminate at that point? Has he just gone insane and started killing well, randoms? He's no. like, do they have a do-rag and is their skin color? Do they have like, you know, tribal markings yeah. on them for some reason? And there's a lot of entrapment in, in yeah. the Death Wish movies. Like, so, uh, so Jackson, there's a part towards the end of Rook. It's not a spoiler, but there's a part where, you know, Noel is like in a, in a town and there's an old man who's like, there's this gang that's been, you know, roughing us up. And he like, he takes care of it pretty quick. Like, I don't know if you, um, that was Aaron, Aaron based all, he like based that on death wish, death wish three. <laughs> there's a scene where Charles Bronson goes like, he's, he's, he's making bullets because the gun he has, they, I guess they don't sell them. Yeah. It's a, it's like an elephant handgun. It's what it is. <laughs> In his line, he goes, nothing's too good for our friends. Yeah. You know? And he's, he's making these bullets. So he goes out and he's just walking down the streets of Brooklyn or whatever with a, a Nikon camera. He's swinging it around. Because he's trying to lure out this guy called the Giggler. Yeah. He's always too fast. He keeps stealing purses and he's like, he laughs while he does it. And they're like, he's too fast. He's, he's he, I don't know, I mean, like high school runner. Maybe. Yeah. They're all basically, the whole gang's high school kids from like, like a, uh, you know, like alternative high school, like troublemaker high school. So yeah, and there is like a mental institution that shut down. Yeah. And these are mostly who the gang members are. Like they are, they are like in need of social help more than anything. But they're just gunning them down yeah. instead. So Charles Bronson walking around with his his Nikon camera. Giggler goes, "Oh, I can't help myself." Runs, grabs the camera. Charles Bronson pulls out the biggest elephant handgun you've ever seen. Still holding his ice cream he was eating. <laughs> yeah. It just one shots <laughs> this dude through the chest, and then everyone in the neighborhood sticks their heads out the windows and starts clapping and cheering for him. This guy who had his back just exploded by a handgun. <laughs> and then it cuts to the gang members during the day, a slow zoom out camera, and they're like, they killed the giggler. Didn't have a right to do that. <laughs> I mean, and they're right. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely, the gang members are talking like legally. They're like, he shot him in the back. <laughs> It was, it was a camera. It was entrapment. Yeah. They're like, you didn't have a right to do that. And then, and then the cops are like, open and shut. You know? <laughs> That's one so less like giggler for the books. Yeah. So that that was more of the inspiration uh, for the book than anything else. Yeah. Well, thankfully, even though he's dead, his crypto investments will live on if he did it through Kraken. These guys are pros. Right, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Andrews, I mean, for the yeah. for the last ten years. Kraken has been one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. And and the official boys have been using it for almost as long as that. I I started Kraken. Good mm-hmm. Lord, how long ago did I hop on there? Probably like eight years ago. Long time ago. And now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account, and start investing for as little as $10. Just a few taps is all it takes to get started. With the Kraken app, you'll have your portfolio in your pocket wherever you go. Monitor your investments, track winners and losers, keep tabs on your favorite projects, or view the most traded cryptos of the day. It's got all the features you need with none of the complexity, and it's a simpler way to invest in crypto. Visit kraken.com official now to learn more or search Kraken in the App Store. I've been on the Kraken train for a very long time, so if you have any questions, well... You can ask me. I'm busy, but maybe I'll make some time for Kraken. Who knows? Or you could just visit kraken.com slash official. Super easy to install. Play with it yourself. Start investing for as little as 10 bucks. Kraken.com slash official. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm.
So far, the podcast has just made me want to watch old 90s movies. Yeah. Why'd you have to call them yeah. old? Yeah. <laughs> just call them movies. Why are you describing them? So, so what <laughs> other movies did you guys blatantly rip off for your book? Oh, man. Well, okay. Full full disclosure, I'll be honest. I was not happy with Ready Player One. Um, <laughs> did go on, Adam. I don't think anyone well, was. I yeah, read no, the book. I listened to the audio book. I saw the movie. You guys all saw the movie, right? Yes. Yeah, it was mediocre yeah. at best. It was very very middling. Like, look at Tracer's ass or whatever for a second. So it's a, it's a movie. It's a that movie designed book. to celebrate crossovers and franchises, and it does that for the first half, and then the entire second half is, do you like The Shining? No? Right. Well, go fuck it. Yeah. No? Go fuck <laughs> yourself. Here's The Shining. That is, that's... That's not my problem. Like, I honestly, I, I have nothing but respect for anyone who's able to, one, write a book and then put it out. I mean, he, the dude's super successful and good, awesome, awesome they did it. But the part in the movie when they go, we can't figure out this puzzle, and then he drives backwards and does it. I'm like, they would have done that the first day. Yep. <laughs> like, first uh, race would have had yeah. someone doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> just by yeah. accident. Just by, like, purely by accident. Like, they pressed the wrong button. And, and not even just by people wanting to fuck around and try to, like, imagine you're in the game and you're in front of the other racers. You're going to immediately hit reverse to try to crash into them. Absolutely. That's NASCAR Heat 2002 shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> The, the whole concept never made sense to me. They're like, there are Easter eggs, and it's like, salt, did it. It's, it's, they did it. It's done. No, it, this would not take long. You can't no, have yeah. that. So I, I wanted... A speedrunner would have solved even, that fucking thing in like two minutes. And even then, they would fucking find workarounds. Do you guys remember the Binding of Isaac puzzle that was solved in like a day and a half, and it was supposed to take a month? No, I don't know. Uh, so the Binding of Isaac is a, it's a big, very popular top-down shooter on the internet. And the guy was updating it with a giant new free DLC. And they added a new character. And he was like, oh, here's how you get it. You got to play the game like a hundred times with these different items and these different characters. And you'll get pieces to a literal puzzle that you have to put together in like Photoshop. And that'll give you like a cipher. And you'll use that to like look up actual physical location. This and that. Players just data mined the game and found out the answer in, in a day and a half. <laughs> The exact thing happened 20 years ago with a game called Advent Rising, which yes. was like a horse and Scott. Yeah, they're like Majesco or whatever the company was like, look, no one's going to buy this fucking game. It's written by a homophobic, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Utah based Mormon writer, Orson Scott Card. You know, yeah. it's like it's about aliens of the future where, you know, gays are to blame. <laughs> it's just like, but they're like, no one's going to buy it. <laughs> so we like need to have a million dollar. <laughs> very much inspired it, actually yeah fandom is the better version it all comes of back to the fandom with you two doesn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. but but they're like uh they're like there's a million dollars in the game you couldn't have found it you know they they someone ripped open their xbox plugged it into a computer goes i found the code and they're like the contest is over <laughs> you know it's like how can you can't do that shit so yeah like ready player one always kind of just irked me because it you have to just pretend like video game culture doesn't exist for mm-hmm. a movie or a book like that to work. So what the, the intention with Rook was always like, it's not, it shouldn't be a video game. It should be games as a service. It should be, this is a, a world you're stuck in and you can't get out. It's not so much that like people are going to try to hack it. They're going to do it, but that's the system is going to take advantage of that. It, they're always going to be a step ahead of you. And it, it's just, when you, I know you said dystopia, but like, that to me is what the dystopia is. It's mm. it's it's a really cool feature where we're really comfortable and can do all this other stuff. 
but the world around us is crumbling and we're all just kind of okay with it. So it's, there are no good or bad guys essentially in Rook. That's what we're trying to do. Um, it's all just a big gray mess. And that, that was the thing that I didn't think ready player ready player one was just way too binary. Like yeah. mm-hmm. these are the bad guys. They want to own the Oasis. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> do you know how corporate ownership works? Like you can't do that. You can't just win VR. There wouldn't be one yeah, VR. Right. There'd be many different VRs. Yeah. And the owner of it all is this like jolly, nice guy, basically a skinny Santa, like super nice. <laughs> <about> <laughs> ready player like, oh, one. The- Sorry, Kai, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it's just no, no, ready player one felt like they wanted to rewrite willy wonka but didn't <laughs> at all yeah. understand the concept yeah. of like internet and video gaming no you, um, you brought up Adam advent from, rising oh, sorry, advent rising okay. is all i'm thinking about before we get too far off that <laughs> contest was so wild i didn't i used to love that game i didn't know it was written by a homophobe i know what was it it was a game about humans in the future, like Scary they're in space, days. and then yeah. But what genre? What like? What do you do? It was kind of like a third-person shooter. A third-person shooter. Yeah. yeah like, is acrobats. that the one where you mm-hmm. can change the story at any time, and like every single character is killable, and you can no. Which no, one am I thinking? I have no idea. It sounds like a, a. Is it the one with a guy and a girl in a bedroom? Yeah, that, that happens. In, <laughs> oh, that happens. That's like ninety percent of video games. Come on. No, but he knew exactly what I was talking about. Well, so yeah, because it really is. It's very powerful. In the beginning of the game, you have like your wife, and she like punches you in the stomach. She's yes. like, "Oh, Gideon, yep. you naughty dog!" And then the aliens come in, and then you can choose between saving your brother or your wife. And uh, anyway, Donald Mustard worked on that game of Fortnite fame. And they ran that million dollar contest. But since the contest was like solved, they bankrupted themselves with it. So the whole company had to close down. It was supposed to be part of a trilogy. But because of that contest, they had to shut the entire fucking studio down. It was crazy. But they actually paid the money out? No, they didn't. They never paid it out because they couldn't afford to. They just assumed that no one would win. Yeah, claim bankruptcy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. But that guy ended up going on to make Fortnite. And he made another game, uh, Shadow Complex, which was also written by Orson Scott Card. (laughs) Big inspiration for (laughs) Rook. God, Advent Rising had such a good soundtrack, too. Nothing but bangers on that game. Fuck. Oh, yeah, it was uh, that dude, the guy, I forget his name, Stephen Tatil. No, that's the author. I forget. Old, he, yeah, he's the guy who did like the Earthworm Jim soundtrack, yep. but he somehow has a billion dollars. <laughs> like, why do you have Lamborghinis? I don't understand it. Anyway, games are weird. I love games. Cool. You were talking about Echo, Echo earlier, weren't you? Echo the Dolphin? The dolphin? Yeah. No. The wow. Dolphin, fuck yeah. Oh, then I don't know what you were what talking the fuck? about. I, I was going to say uh, Adam from Your Movie Sucks did a really good review on Ready Player One, where he's like, there's kids running down the street as Halo Master Chiefs, and some people are standing, so I was like, what are the rules of this world? I don't understand how I, VR works. Did I tell you my night that I hung out with Ernie Klein when he got dumped at the offices? They haven't told them. Well, we'll talk about it later. This is a, No, he... So Ernie <laughs> Klein, uh, I was working at this uh, production studio, and uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, he, he gets dumped off there by his people. I don't know why. He was on a book tour, I think, and they were in the middle of making... Uh, uh, Steven Spielberg was doing pre-production on Ready Player One, and he's getting texts from him, but they dump him into our writer's room thinking that there's a big like writer's room that day, but it was just me and my buddy Chris. And so Ernie Klein sits in there and he's like, so this is the writer's room. We're like, yeah. And he's like, cool. So what are y'all doing tonight? And we're like, I was going to go home. <laughs> and Chris, my buddy Chris is like, yeah, I mean, I have to do laundry and that kind of stuff. He's like, all right, cool. Well, what, what do you do around here? And I was like, 
well, it's Tuesday night and we're not really going to do anything. He's like, you want to see the DeLorean? And we're like, yeah, I guess. So we go out in the parking lot. It's, <laughs> it's nighttime by this point. It's like eight o'clock at night. The DeLorean, the lights don't work on the inside. And he's like, you want to sit in it? And we're like, yeah, I guess. And so we're sitting in this DeLorean in the dark. And he's like, Are you yeah. abducted by Ernie Klein? Is this where this is going? Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he was just... It was the most awkward thing because we would try and ask him things or he'd try and ask us stuff, but we none of us had anything to say to each other, and he was not getting picked up by anyone, and he had nowhere to be. <laughs> he had a DeLorean. And, so, and he's just sitting there with, I don't a, think it worked. with a dead DeLorean in the parking lot, and then, you know, I eventually me and my buddy Chris were like, well, we're going to go back in the writer's room. He's like, okay, and he just follows us as we go back to the writer's room because we we thought that he would be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I got to get back to my hotel. I don't even know if he had a hotel. I think he may have just been staying in the DeLorean. But it was the most awkward night. And, and to break up the conversation, every now and then he'd go, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a text from Steven. And it, for the first time that he did it, we didn't know who Steven was, but it was Steven Spielberg. And it was just random pictures from Steven Spielberg of the book, you know, at certain points. And it would say, needs to be in script. And he'd be like, I get these texts all the time. And we're like... No, that's great, but do you have some place to be? <laughs> impressing two nobodies. Yeah, yeah. It, was two, it was a guy impressing two nobodies who weren't impressed by anything, and it was, it was one of the most awkward nights I've ever had. I mean, he's a nice guy, but it was just, it was really funny that he had this book going with all this stuff, and I was like, you exist purely in this book, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But, um, you want to see the DeLorean again? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so Turn sad. And it's, and it smelled like BO in there and there was no lights that worked. And I was just like, this is not what I want to remember. This is not the nostalgia for Back to the Future that I want. Anyway, he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strong review. <laughs> it's not a review. Yeah. I'll tell you my review of Ernie Klein. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, Does he go by Ernest? Yeah. Or? I think he's Ernest. Okay. I, poor guy, nothing. He's he's not poor. I know <laughs> that. He's doing fine. He's poor yeah. in friendship. That's probably the saddest he's thing. Yeah, poor like in it. spirit. He, he yeah. picked up some other loser dudes in his DeLorean, and they were impressed. They yeah. couldn't fit in it because there's only one other seat. But <laughs> why, was was just, <laughs> why was he dumped there at your parking lot at your oh. riders' room? It's, it's something the, about the, the owners of the broke st- down on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the owners of the studio, they were, you know, they they were big fans of him or whatever. But of course, they weren't there, you know, when he was wanted to do a tour of the studio is the Rooster Teeth Studios. You know, whatever. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, the RT Studios. And he wanted to do a tour of them. But the people who invited him, of course, weren't there. So we were tasked me and my buddy Chris to show him around, but we didn't, I mean, we just showed him dark studios and he showed us a dark DeLorean <laughs> and, and he kept going on about like the, I guess the fuel pump in the DeLorean kept breaking down. So he's like, yeah, I don't know. The gas gauge says it's full, but then it will, it'll be out of gas. And we're like, man, that sucks. We get that fixed. He's like, yeah, but there's all these electronics in it now that it's really hard to like source the problem because it's just filled with junk, like just fucking bullshit wiring and miles of it. And I can't figure out because well, he wanted it. it to look like from back from Ready Player One, right? Where it's like an amalgamation of three different cars yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's Ecto one and kit and the uh the van from Ninja Turtles. Well, no, this was just the straight DeLorean copy oh. that he made. Okay. So, but if you've ever seen that thing, it's just 
It's if you look at it up close, it's cool, but it's also just full of fucking shit. <laughs> it's full of like refrigerator parts and wiring old and like, and old Seven Eleven cups. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> maybe that's not, maybe that wasn't original. Scratch and sniffing from the living color. Three yeah, tickets everywhere. Three D glasses. Because he's um, living out of it. Yeah, he's he's not. Living. I know he's not. <laughs> yeah, you you be the voice of reason in this. I'll be the I'm, one that. Yeah. Um, we're going to ask him to do our audiobook and see what he says. He does the foreword and it's just him talking about the lawsuit he's bringing yeah. on. And he goes, I remember this guy. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> he made fun of my cool car. <laughs> they weren't impressed. Just, just to be clear, he's a very nice guy. We just had a very awkward first date. And that's all no, I want to say. No, Aaron, do you think the awkwardness was brought on by you guys or by him? Oh, it was definitely them. He was sounds awesome. He yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. He's got he, a whole fucking he DeLorean. You what do these guys have? A book? Who cares? <laughs> well, not, at the time, we didn't even have anything. Oh, my God. Chris and I had nothing. <laughs> and I still mostly have nothing. You have that phantom costume that you yeah. could wear. A conversation would have been better if you'd, like, just... Dim the lights, put on the phantom costumes, started blowing him immediately, and then like just <laughs> reciting passages from the book. What if I said to him like, "Hey, you like the phantom?" He's like, "Do you like the phantom?" And we're like, yeah, I, I kind of like the phantom. And like, <laughs> just in a DeLorean, it's a better scene from Titanic with your face up against the DeLorean window that won't roll down because it's bright, <laughs> and it's just—it's not even condensation; it's just dust that my my hands go down with. Just, <laughs> you painted oh, a lovely a photo. photo. I know, I know, I do. Yeah. Um, how how long has it been? Let's see. Too long. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can wrap soon. Up to you guys. Oh, I've, hang on. Before we do the Aaron Adam, have you guys been keeping up with the Rust story? Because we have an update. The uh, movie set shooting. Oh. No, I mean, yes, but I'd rather hear it from you guys because yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Well, as you know, Alec Baldwin shot somebody. The rust armorer, you guys, has now come out, well, her lawyer has, with a statement. Um, weapons boss suggests Alec Baldwin's shooting was sabotage. So we finally, we did it. This is what I wanted. Yeah. It's now an actual murder mystery, officially. Sabotage. Uh, well, what, was it, yeah. what was the basis so a lawyer for Hannah Guterres Reed said someone with, quote, bad intentions, unquote, placed live bullets in with dummy rounds on the set of Rust. Ugh. Yeah, but lawyers uh, aren't required to tell the truth, right? They're just no, no, they, yeah. to defend. They have to tell the truth. Yeah, part of the job. Uh, but it has to be it, like it's even if you're bullshitting, it has to be something that's like plausibly will fly in court to yeah. even stand. Chance, yeah, but it's right? not. So, isn't the onus uh, on like the prosecution to prove that it didn't happen then or it did happen? I mean, that way. Uh, well, you can't make frivolous I, claims I so. because you can be you can get in trouble for that as a lawyer. You can be disbarred if you just are making stuff up. So, you know, are you maybe making there that was. Up? Well, I don't. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to Rules don't apply to you. Yeah. No, but I mean, if, if they say a, a word like sabotage is pretty strong, so I don't know. Yeah, like it is a very strong word. So. Yeah, this is the lawyer. Too. I think they're, they're saying it's like an unhappy craft services guy or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah, someone, they did. Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot of like set unrest, right? The, like everyone on yeah. set was unhappy. So it could have been anyone. Yeah, both. So her lawyer suggested one of the crew members may have been motivated because they were disgruntled over their working conditions, including working 12 to 14 hours a day. Uh, yeah. So basically they're alleging sabotage. By the way, there were apparently 
like the Alec Baldwin and his gang were making fun of the crew because the crew asked for hotels closer to the shoot so they wouldn't have to drive like two hours back and forth to the set every single day. So apparently they printed out shirts saying uh, LOL hotels not found or something like that, just mocking what? the crew. So I wouldn't Holy be surprised. shit, what the fuck? There's an epic there show. There are no good guys in this story. I like the phrase Alec Baldwin no. and his gang. Yeah. <laughs> his best friend, like the higher ups, I guess. <laughs> it's like West Side, West Side Story without like, he's just like, yeah, snapping. Yeah. Well, they were shooting in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were shooting also using the gun off the shoot. It went off multiple times before that. They told Alec. Alec basically went, whatever, fuck you, I'm going to hire scabs. Go fuck yourselves. Um, so yeah, all in all, interesting. Um, I love this. This is this was my wish the first day I heard this story. Be Let it be a murder mystery. And For a good mystery? Oh, you want like yeah, Daniel mm-hmm. Craig to show up? I'm sure you guys made that joke already. Like, if you've been talking about this long enough, the Kentucky Fried Lawyer comes in like, what we got here is a whodunit. I hear there's bullets around these parts. Al <laughs> just peeing on someone and being like, get out of here. Yeah. He's yelling just horrible, horrible racial things. I, I want to see the movie set where the guns are just accessible to everyone. I've never seen that. <laughs> I've been on movie sets with guns and in the desert, weirdly enough. So I understand the, the hotels thing because it's way cheaper to have the crew just like suffer for an hour long drive and put them in the like budget in, you know, mm-hmm. full of bed bugs. But anyway, on the set, you know, you've got to have the guns locked down and like what what kind of set where they're just on a cart and you're like some, you know, craft services person comes around with bullets. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let me just <laughs> fill this little puppy up. It, it also know. needs to be the right caliber because you can't just put a bullet in a six. Well, year. it also needs to be these. They were yeah. antique guns. They were guns from the 1800s. So he had to have old bullets like Colt. You know, forty-five. Nothing's whatever. so good for our little friend. Yeah. He's, he's loading his elephant bullets. <laughs> like the giggler's gonna get shot today. <laughs> God damn it. If we, connect, we connected Death Wish to uh, Rust. If we can just get the Phantom in there. <laughs> If it's sabotage, if it's genuinely sabotage, they should be looking for the one guy that was like hiding behind stuff during that shoot. Like, yeah, looking around, whistling nonchalantly when the gun went off. There's a man with a top hat in this shot. We wonder if he's holding a boom mic. Uh, uh. Like those fake glasses with the big nose and mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any photos before the incident of someone maybe rubbing their hands together maniacally? <laughs> Twirling yeah. their mustache in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, oh, geez, she died, did she? Oh, no, someone called 911. Oh, too bad the drive yeah. is two hours. <laughs> I just can't wait for the movie they're going to make about this, like the dramatization, and I want Alec Baldwin to try out for the part of that's, Alec Baldwin. Just, yeah, that's, that's what it. I was thinking. Someone I was like, again? No, I was seriously thinking what... I know this is fucking stupid and probably didn't happen, but, like, it's Hollywood, so who, who, who really knows? What if this was all planned because they knew the movie was going to bomb and they thought, like... It, like making a documentary out of the tra- tragedy would be a, like oh, a better seller. What if the director's Ooh. death oh, actually, was faked? Well, interestingly enough, Jackson, you're kind of one for one on these goofy conspiracies. The Travis Scott concert last night, there are reports that one of the security guards was injected with something that caused him to pass out. And you suggested what? you suggested yesterday that it might have been like a fentanyl bandit going around injecting well, people. No, that's what something. I said. Oh, you said that. Yeah, there yeah, were claims that, that someone reported. was walking around the concert injecting people with drugs. Yeah, it turns out that actually was the case, allegedly, according oh. to like one report. 
Most concerts I've been to, there is someone walking around injecting you with drugs. Yeah. I don't know how crazy that's He's hard so. to find. Yeah. Right? In fact, you're looking for him <laughs> yeah. most of the time. Yeah. He was on the candy man. Yeah. <laughs> Makes the pain go away. What, what's what's the end up for those people that go around just randomly spiking drinks and injecting? Well, Fun. apart from the d- date rape shit, but like when Days you just randomly injecting. Yeah, I, I mean <laughs> yeah. they're dressed like the Joker for a reason. You know, they're just like, I'm chaos incarnate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <that's> <laughs> Good job. You just yeah, he just blew twelve hundred dollars of his own stash. To, yeah, like, just for a joke, just to <laughs> sow chaos. Yeah. End of the world. Lame supervillain. Yeah, and apparently mm-hmm. kill eight people. Anyway, we talked about that on the bonus yesterday, yeah. in case anybody wants to check it out. So a ten year old died. Just, I didn't just know the situation. So yeah, it is an yeah. eleven people now. Extremely fucked up situation. Astroland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think, if this really is like a murder thing on the Rust set, who do you think is the most likely culprit, Kaya? I, I don't know. It has to be just some random maybe camera operator or something who just he saw Alec Baldwin and his guys just show up on set one day, basically wearing shirts that said, fuck you. And he, I guess <laughs> flipped. I don't you know. know. Snap. It's probably it's probably the lawyer who put the suggestion forward. He wanted credit. So he's trying to like, <laughs> like throw it oh, out there. Oh, like the, the Zodiac killer. He wants to be found. Yeah. Kind of. OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's titillating to him. <laughs> I I think it's the assistant director. He was the last one. He just came out of nowhere with this gun that he said was cold, and then it wasn't. I think it's the assistant director. That's so obvious, though. That's far yeah, too obvious. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like Game of Clues. It has to, it has to be someone. No, it has to be someone who like reasonably wouldn't be the one interacting with the gun at all ever. No, I think it. Yeah, I think it's too obvious. Director. I think it's the editor. I think the editor didn't want the extra work. Right. And uh, showed like up on set. Just, shit. Yeah, just for the, a, a set visit with a gun. I think it was the fluffer, yeah. personally. Alec <laughs> uh, Baldwin's fluffer. I think it was Alec Baldwin because <laughs> he shot the people. So we saw him do it. That's true. Yeah, There's even the video evidence of it. Andrew. Yeah. I assume. It's, it's like the worst yeah, remake of the K. producers ever. <laughs> God, this like it's all for the insurance. Yeah. yeah. Mel Brooks's version was better, I think. This is sad. (laughs) That one had Nazis in it. (laughs) This one just has Alec Baldwin. Uh, What's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) If I was a lawyer, I'd just roll back the footage, Your Honor. We we caught him down bad in 4K, literally. He's right there shooting. Yeah. There's got to be footage of it, right? Well, yeah. Because if they were using... I want to see the blooper reel, yeah. Yeah, they're using the round and they're shooting, you know... (laughs) Can you imagine if the movie comes out finished and everything, and then during the credits they play the blooper reel and it just shows Alec Baldwin <laughs> shooting somebody, crying in the middle in of like someone line, laughing yeah. during a flubbed line? Yeah, court <laughs> documents. <laughs> Jesus, is the have they said if the movie is coming out or is it completely canceled? It's canceled. No, they canceled it. Yeah, I don't think that movie oh, would ever come was out. Was it insured? That's the question. Yeah. I, I'd Ooh, love to see the producers being question. like, we're going to have to set the release date back at least two weeks. Unrelated, Alec Baldwin's new movie, Dust, is coming out next year. It's a cowboy western thriller. <laughs> yeah. most, of the, most of it's shot already somehow. Yeah, they, somehow. Use sling, they use slingshots on set. Yeah. Most of it's There's shot already, stock. just like the director. Oh. It's probably... Oh, dude. Jesus. It's probably for the best, though. Not that, but it's probably for the best that it's cancelled. 
Like, cause could you imagine it coming coming out next year and they put one of those cheesy like dedicated to the director Ugh. or whoever was killed <laughs> at the end? Like the that's DP, that's yeah. your yeah, that's mm. your legacy. Would fucking suck. Yeah, that would fucking suck. Um, but also, if I was rich, if I was like a billionaire, I would I would hire Bob Odenkirk and literally put him through law school just so I could have Saul Goodman represent this woman. And just have an awesome court case <laughs> you, on national TV. You act like he doesn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I is he going to turn do down millions of dollars? <laughs> Can I tell him you have to stay he's in like character? <laughs> he's trying to get back from heart surgery. And they're like, no, you're going to become a lawyer now, Bob. And he's like, what? How much money does he have? Okay. <laughs> Got to pass the bar exam, bitch. Yeah. yeah. People it's are just your puppets. Year deal. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like the Orson twins to feed me grapes. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you want in this fantasy of yours? Yeah, you guys are the gods. You know, whatever you want. Yeah. These are just your meat puppets to yeah. string along. Also right. shoot each other. Shoot one more person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. wrap. All right. All right. Do you guys have any last minute things that you want to shout out? Maybe a, a link to your brand new book so that people know where yeah. to find it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything you want to, you can just Google it, Rook Book. <laughs> Go to Rook.cool. The website Go is Go to phantomfans.blogspot.com. <laughs> That's our next website <laughs> adventure. Not, and yeah. The, uh, the funny thing, Rook.cool is just about as bad as that website you just yeah. said. <laughs> like, we got a .cool, like, extension, which was the last one we could get before .cc, .expedia. Cease and desist, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, uh, Roka dot book would have been sweet, but it didn't happen because yeah. um, they rhyme. But yeah, no, uh, check out the book if you can. It, we have it in digital paperback. Um, it's it's a labor of love. And then also, yeah, just a reminder, 10 percent of all book sales go to charity. Go to shatterproof.org for the rest of all time. That, uh, anything you buy on the website, that's uh, posters, T-shirts, any of that stuff. Uh, we're sending all that stuff to charity. It's addiction nonprofit. They're really good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, mental health awareness and addiction. It's uh, it's honestly, it's like the best charity we could have picked. It 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 sings to us. So. Newman's own wouldn't take our calls, so we got to. Yeah, <laughs> Sally Struthers hung up on us twice. <laughs> so the book the book is recommended by the official podcast as well. Well, at least mm-hmm. uh, Kara and I myself, we both yep. enjoy it. It's, it's a great banned book. in a few countries, so uh, get it while you can. Though the Taliban really likes it. They've been sending that. <laughs> um, they want to teach it in uh, yeah. middle school and grade school. Just as long as they enjoy it, it's fine. Yeah, you know what? We found an audience. But um, yeah, thank you for having us on. Yeah, thank you all so much for having us on. Thank you. Thank no, you. Thank for, you for thank joining us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to talk about cults. Damn. I really want to oh, talk man, about I had, great, I had a great cult story. Right, right before we started uh, recording, Aaron's like, so what are we talking about? My wife said, they like cults. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> we a donut. talked about cults <laughs> once. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about cults next time, maybe. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if, if you want to support us, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the official podcast bonus content over there. Like Kaya said, we just released, well, we will be releasing an episode where we talked about that tragic, uh, f- what was it? Astro world. That's the name of the festival. Yeah. That was the name yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. We, we talked about that over there so you can find out what our thoughts are about that, um, over at patreon.com slash the official podcast. Thank you to my co-host for joining us and thanks for the guests for joining us as well really appreciated having you on and spending some time with us it was great hearing from you both we wish you all the best in whatever you do next uh yeah 
That's everything. Adapting the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We'll Thank see you, you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.